Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tim Reynolds with Bible Truth for Living. We thank you so much for tuning in today. Before I bring the message, a couple of things. First of all, uh, this is uh, Christmas Sunday at both Mount Vernon Baptist Temple and Waltonville Community Church. If you do not have a home church, you'd like to come and ha- hear some great singing and and um, have a good fellowship with fellow believers, we invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple at 10 o'clock. Our uh, church choir will be singing some specials uh, for Christmas Sunday, then we have gifts for the kids, and uh, that's at 10 o'clock at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple at 817 Woodland Drive in Mount Vernon, then at Waltonville Community Church at 1115 a.m. Uh, we have several folks who are bringing specials. We also will have gifts for the kids. And there's just a special day today on Christmas Sunday at um, Waltonville Community Church. We're at 321 South Hiram Street in Waltonville. Then before the message, I want to read a poem that my friend and fellow uh, listener and supporter of our broadcast for many years, Brother Ben Harlan, sent to me, and I uh, thought it was so good, I asked him if it was okay if I read this on the uh, on the air, and he said it would be fine. It says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That time when all the earth will be blessed with breath, with relief at our king's behest. Full of the knowledge of God, earth will be beauty, balance, benevolence for all to see. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. God's ways, God's holy days, new Jerusalem from above. That time of Christian kindness, goodness, and love. God's peace, man learns war no more. From sword to plowshare at the core. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in happy homes, children from birth. In a Christian world of godly mirth. They grow with confidence, courage, and worth. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The lion with the lamb will lay. Health, happiness, harmony on display. In stark contrast, Satan's world of old, the millennial day of rest all will behold. That's written by Ben Harlan, and that uh, poem has to do with the coming millennial reign, (coughs) excuse me, of Jesus Christ, the thousand-year kingdom age that uh, will occur. Uh, We don't know how long it will be before that happens. It will be at least seven years, according to Bible prophecy. But uh, Ben, thank you so much. Thank you for your support also through the years and your friendship. I want to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, today's uh, lesson is titled Fulfilled. The Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, and that's what we're talking about today, fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
I believe the most powerful witness of, of the accuracy and reliability of the Bible is the fact of what has been foretold compared to what has been fulfilled. According to J. Barton Payne's Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy, the Bible contains 1,817 specific prophecies. Over half of them have already been accurately fulfilled, and of course I believe the remainder of them will be as well. In his first coming, Jesus Christ fulfilled over 300 individual messianic prophecies. They say the odds of one person fulfilling only eight of those prophecies has been mathematically figured as one in 10 to the 17th power. That is one followed by 17 zeros. So as we prepare to celebrate the Christmas season and the birth of Jesus, I want to share six specific prophecies recorded in the first two chapters of the book of Matthew that were all fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. For those who say the Old Testament is irrelevant to the church age, I think it's interesting that the first two chapters in the New Testament point us back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at those today. First of all, there is the doctrine of Messiah's virgin birth fulfilled by Jesus. Verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Now, if you have a Bible that says young woman, I would get another Bible because there is a difference. It says a virgin. That's what the Bible prophesied. Well, where is that at? That is prophesied 750 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Now, the doctrine of the virgin birth is foundational to the Christian faith. Why? Well, if Jesus was not virgin born, he had a human father. If he had a human father, he was not God. If he was not God, then the Bible is false. If the Bible is false, then we have no savior from sin. And if we have no savior from sin, we are all hopelessly headed for a place called hell. Now, it's important that Jesus was virgin born. Genesis 3.15, the first prophetic verse in the Bible, says that the Messiah would come from the seed of the woman. Now, biologically, only a man carries the seed. A male carries the seed. But the, the Messiah would come from the seed of the woman. Why? Because it would be the seed of the Holy Spirit uh, within the Virgin Mary that would produce the Lord Jesus Christ. See, without the virgin birth, the miracles of Jesus would be worthless, the cross would be pointless, and the resurrection would be senseless. Then number two, the deity of Messiah was also fulfilled by Jesus. There in Isaiah 7, 14, uh, the Bible says that the virgin will bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Well, what does Emmanuel mean? Well, we have to go back to our text in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23 that says, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You see, Jesus was more than just a mere man. He, he is God. John chapter 1 and verse 14 tells us, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, 
And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he, Jesus, hath declared or revealed him. Now, the deity of the Messiah is called the hypostatic union. Hypostatic union means joining humanity with deity. Jesus was more than a wise teacher. He was more than a good role model. He was good than better than just uh, someone who gave us something uh, good to pattern our lives after. He is very God in the flesh. And according to Revelation 21 and verse 3, one day uh, he will dwell with us for eternity. Revelation 21, 3 says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So the doctrine of Messiah's virgin birth was fulfilled by Jesus. The deity of Messiah was fulfilled by Jesus. Number three, the delivery of Messiah in Bethlehem was also fulfilled by Jesus. Matthew chapter two, verse four. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he, Herod the king, demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now, uh, they tell Herod, well, it was prophesied, it was written by the prophet. Well, what prophet? That would be the prophet Micah. In Micah 5 and verse 2, 700 years before the birth of Christ, here was the prophecy. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting. Also telling us that the Messiah would not have his beginning in Bethlehem. That would be the beginning of him in the flesh, his incarnation. But Jesus Christ is eternal, always has been. By the way, Bethlehem means house of bread, and Jesus is the bread of life. Bethlehem was a small, insignificant town. That's why it says out of the thousands in Judah, just this one tiny town would be the home, uh, would be the place, rather, that Jesus would be born. Now, why is that? Well, I think number one, because God likes to specialize in using small and insignificant people and places. Bethlehem was not known for much of anything, but Jesus was born there. Something else, it also connected Jesus the Messiah with the royal lineage of David. This is where David was born. In 1 Samuel 17 and verse 12, the Bible says, Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. That's where David was from. That's why the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that Bethlehem was the city of David. And so uh, Jesus fulfilled that prophecy as well. Number four. The diversion of Messiah into and out of Egypt was fulfilled by Jesus. Now, this is a part of the Christmas story that people either forget or maybe they're not aware of. But listen now to Matthew 2, verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek to destroy the young child. 
And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there in Egypt until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. Here's another fulfillment, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Now, who was the prophet that prophesied this? This was the prophet Hosea. In Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1, 750 years before the birth of Jesus, here's what was written. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Now, we have a dual application here. Number one, Uh, referring to national Israel. National Israel is God's son. You see, it was the Exodus. If you remember, the people had been in bondage in Egypt, and God uh, raises up Moses to bring them out, and they were led out of Egypt. Uh, So it's referring nationally to Egypt. But notice also it says, I have loved him and called my son out of Egypt. And then Matthew 2 references that. What's that talking about? Well, As national Israel is God's son, Jesus Christ is God's greater son. He is the only begotten of the Father. You see, Jesus Christ is greater than just national Israel. He is God's son in flesh. He is the greater son. Here's what makes him greater. Because the exodus of Israel out of Egypt, led by Moses, the lawgiver, represents Jesus coming out of Egypt, not as the lawgiver, but as the grace giver. Maybe this will help. John chapter 1 and verse 17 puts it this way. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, and Jesus is the producer of grace. It is by grace that we are saved, not by the law. The law condemns us. The law reveals how short we come to God's standard. It is the grace that is offered through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that makes salvation possible. And so the coming, uh, going into and coming out of Egypt also was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Let me give you two more. Number five, the death of innocent babies at the birth of Messiah was fulfilled by Jesus. This is another part of the Christmas story that we often ignore uh, because I think it is such a, uh, it's an awful part. It's a terrible part, but it's a true part of the Christmas story. King Herod uh, was fearful that someone was going to come along and take away his power and authority. And he has asked the wise men where the uh, child would be and, and to come and let him know. Um, but he had ulterior motives. He wanted to kill that baby. Well, if you remember the story, the wise men would not return because they knew uh, what Herod's plan was going to be. Well, because they did not return, the Bible says they went another way. Uh, this just made Herod even more angry. And listen, please, to Matthew 2 and verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, that means that they they didn't respond to what he wanted them to do. They, They went back another way. He was exceeding wrath or angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. So that would be the place of Jesus birth and in all the coast thereof. I guess that's because, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure they didn't smuggle out the king, you know, by a waterway or anything like that. So he kills all of them. The Bible says from two years old and under 
according to the time which he had did diligently inquired of the wise men. So he wanted to cover the period of time from when the, the child would have been born. So all think about that. All of these babies, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of babies, innocent, innocent little babies were slaughtered by Herod. Now, Listen to this, verse 17, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet saying, in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. This is another fulfillment of prophecy. Now, particularly it tells us it was Jeremiah the prophet. Where is that found? Well, it's found in Jeremiah 31 and verse 15. Here's what that says. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Well, let's talk about that quickly. First of all, Rachel, Rachel was the wife of Jacob. Remember, she was the first one that Jacob wanted to marry. Uh, but, uh, I'm not going to get into all that story, but long story short, Rachel ended up having Joseph and then she gave birth to Benjamin and she died in childbirth. She could not have any other children. Why does Jeremiah reference her here and mention her weeping for the children that were not? Well, again, uh, you must understand when we have prophecy, sometimes there are dual applications. The near prophecy here, not to confuse you, but just want to put this into te- to context, Jeremiah is referencing the Hebrew babies that would be killed under the Babylonian captivity of his day. All right. So these children that uh, would be slaughtered in the Babylonian captivity, and then some would not uh, have the opportunity even to be born uh, because of Israel going into Babylonian captivity. That's why it's referenced in Jeremiah 31, 15. But it is also prophetic because we find out later on in Matthew that it's also connected to the babies that were killed under King Herod's slaughter at the birth of the Messiah. And so when Jesus was born, this is exactly what happened, and it fulfilled another prophecy that was given over 600 years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. And then the last one, excuse me, the development of the Messiah in Nazareth was also fulfilled by Jesus. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23, the last verse of that chapter says, and he, Jesus, came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he, the Messiah, shall be called a Nazarene. Now, uh, sometimes it's difficult to connect this one, and uh, you have to really study this out to see where the connection is, but it's found in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. And here's what Isaiah 11.1 1 says, uh, so we can tie this together. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The word branch there uh, in Isaiah 11.1 1 comes from the Hebrew word netzer. Netzer also can mean Nazareth. Netzer, Nazareth, and branch go together. What do we see here? We see a prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, but would be raised and developed in Nazareth. Nazareth would be his hometown. 
In fact, Jesus said that a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. They, they wouldn't accept Jesus there whenever he uh, began his ministry. They wouldn't listen to him. In fact, they wanted to throw him off a cliff and kill him. And uh, so he really did not do many things around Nazareth because the people, his own people in his own hometown, uh, rejected him. Now, this place called Nazareth, let me give this to you. Nazareth was really considered a slum town of Galilee. Galilee, in in reference to the nation of Israel, is in the northern part. Jesus spent most of his ministry in the Galilee, but did much of his miracles and teachings in places like Capernaum, um, but not Nazareth, because it was just a a, a place. It was a, a called considered a, a slum of Galilee. It, it was not a place where good people come from. Now, why is that important? Uh, again, God does things different than we would do. You would think that the Messiah would be born, you know, if anywhere, Jerusalem or, uh, you know, uh, a, a better known uh, city, um, you know, and surely he wouldn't be born in a manger. We all know the Christmas story. But when Jesus began his ministry and the disciples began to be called, you have an interesting uh, story in, in uh, John chapter one, when the disciples began to uh, witness, and they begin bringing other disciples in. The Bible says in John 1 and verse 45, Philip findeth Nathanael, and he saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip tells Nathanael, Hey, we found the one that all the prophets have talked about. It, uh, the Old Testament all points to him, and his name is Jesus of Nazareth. Now listen to Nathaniel's response. Nathaniel said to Philip, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? You see, Nazareth had such a poor reputation. It was just considered a, a slum. And Nathaniel, the first thing he says, he doesn't say, um, you know, boy, that's great news or tell me more. He says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And I like Philip's response. You see, Philip doesn't go into a, a big theological dissertation or explanation. He says three simple words, come and see. What a great response. When Nathaniel says, man, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip simply says, come and see. I like that response. Did you know those same words of invitation are offered today? You know, I think we try too hard sometimes to convince or argue people uh, into believing in Jesus. No, the best thing we can do is just say, come and see. You know, sort of like the the uh, woman at the well. Remember when she left to go testify? She simply said, come see a man who told me all the things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ. The best witness you and I can be during this Christmas season is to simply say to other people, hey, come and see. Here's what Jesus has done for me. That invitation extends to uh, to all of us. Now, the case has been presented. I gave you six Old Testament uh, fulfillments of prophecy that Jesus Christ uh, accomplished. There are others, but those are just in the first two chapters of Matthew. And so I tell you uh, with uh, affirmation 100% that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is God. He is the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament. And I can tell you something else with assurity. He's coming again. All the prophecies of his second coming will eventually be fulfilled uh, to the very letter. All of it will be fulfilled when Jesus Christ returns to this earth. Well, 
I pray the message was a help and an encouragement to you as we close the broadcast. Let me remind you that if you're listening by radio today, that uh, we have Christmas Sunday at 10 o'clock, Mount Vernon Baptist Temple, 817 Woodland Drive here in Mount Vernon, and then at 11.15 a.m. this morning at Waltonville Community Church, 321 South Hiram Street in Waltonville. And then also, this is getting close to the uh, final uh, programs for 2023. I want to thank all of those who listen to us on the radio and also on the podcast. Don't forget, all of our messages are on the Bible Truth Podcast, available at your favorite podcast host. You can subscribe, and every time we upload messages, you can get those, listen to them at your convenience. And then also those who go the extra mile and support us financially. Uh, We are able to be on the radio stations and to have a podcast ministry because of the 100% listener-supported program that we have. And so many of you help us throughout the year. Some of of you do that monthly, some with a a one-time gift. Whatever the case is, I want you to know how much we appreciate that. And uh, some of you have given end-of-the-year gifts. That really helps us to close out not only this year, but then go into the new year being able to pay the radio station ahead and pay ahead on our podcast hosting. And uh, if you would like to do that, uh, I would ask you to consider it. And I always tell folks, do not take this out of your own church's tithes and offerings. But if you're looking for an extra ministry to bless and you say, hey, I appreciate Pastor Tim preaching and teaching God's word here locally, uh, you can be a blessing to us. You can write to Bible Truth uh, for Living or just put Bible Truth, 817 Woodland Drive. That's 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. And then you can, uh, if you're writing a check, make it out just to Bible Truth. Uh, and uh, just your best gift, you know, whatever you want to give, that's completely up to you. It will go right to help us uh, pay for uh, radio airtime and podcast hosting. Uh, if you want to include a a note, maybe a, a Bible question or a prayer request, whatever. We invite you to do that as well. And uh, I just want you to know that uh, ahead of time that it's very much appreciated. And uh, that's how we've been able to stay on the air now for, well, I think over 50 years uh, when my dad started the program uh, back in 1972. And uh, so we've continued it now for several years, and uh, it's all been because of the uh, faithfulness of God's people helping us with this ministry. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening, for praying for us, and financially supporting uh, the Bible Truth broadcast, Bible Truth for Living. Thank you so much for being a part of our program today, and I look forward to being with you again next Sunday. Until that time, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying, may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.